The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medianomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. It has fascinated people for 2,000 years. When people hear it, throughout the ages, they always wondered what it meant. And nobody could define it. Nobody could understand it. Nobody could imagine it. That's impossible. And that's Revelations 13, 16, 17. It forced all the people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a stamped image on their right hands or on their forehead so that no one could buy or sell except the one who had the stamped image of the beast's name or the number that it stood for in its name. Reflect and think about this. For practically 2,000 years of history, this Bible verse had no ability to be understood because 
of the spread out populations and countries of the world. The commerce could not be charted or controlled in such a way. But today we can. And do you think Satan's going to wait a thousand years to bring this about when he has it at hand? It's Satan's desire that one more soul doesn't go to heaven. And the quicker he can bring things about and stop any gains by God for those who enter there, he would act the moment he's got it. He's got it. We're in that moment. You say, well, that can't be as hard to believe. But I believe most people would not say that anymore. That it is a believable. It is possible. So when does it come? It comes when everything's there available to make that take place. We're here and we're in the midst of a system that there's no interruption to this like it was the Tower of Babel. This will happen in your hearing and in your lifetime. And if you're old, don't think it couldn't be next year. It's there. But that's why Our Lady's here. She's here for a special purpose. And that purpose is to show us how to live underneath that system, how to break that system, how to continue. We're the playbook. Where are those who in the future will look back upon how did they break the system? And it's through Our Lady's messages. Our Lady's coming here to break the Antichrist system. Because had she not, we would see the end of the world. And we know, as we've spoken many times, Yvonne has already said, referring, we believe, to nuclear war, had Our Lady not come, the world would have destroyed itself. And so it is now, we would be at the hand doing it, but now we're in the midst of Satan doing it. That you'll neither be able to buy nor sell. And so, why would Our Lady do that? Because it's not time for Jesus to come back. And that time's going to be so horrific. We have to have a trial period, a practice play. People start football in September, but they practice it in the summer. We're in the summer. We're going through a practice run of the Antichrist system, and it will be destroyed. So that as many people as possible can be saved underneath the Antichrist system that they'll know not to go along with it. They'll have history. Why do we read about the saints? Why do we read about the early church? Why do we study the early fathers, how they did it? So that we can do what we do now. And they'll do the same thing in the future on us. They won't go back 10,000 years of the early Christians. Not that they won't do that for certain reasons, but what they're going to be living, they will have to come back to here, to our moment with Mary, of how to survive through this Antichrist system. And that system is not going to be easy to survive because even the Bible says, even the elect, God had to bring the tribulation at an end after three and a half years for the sake of the elect. Because what was going to take place, there'd be nobody saved. When Christ came back, at the end, there's going to be nobody there. But the messages will be the means to sustain those Christians to do what they have to do. And we're in a system that is on the verge of collapse. Many people are looking at a sunshiny day right now with Trump getting in office. Stock markets are breaking all kinds of records. Money's going to be coming back to the United States. 
and yet other nations are in trouble. The system of evil, the banking system, when they decide to turn the light switch off to kill the economy, that will happen. And Trump's enemies will do that in every effort they can. Do you think it's by chance we get a man who is elected, who's not a politician, who's never been in the military, the first candidate that's ever been elected that has not been part of those two rims of their life? He's just a businessman. But this businessman has 35 nations he has businesses in. And he didn't get rich except by the sweat of his brow. The ones that's billionaires now, Apple, Bill Gates, all these, this is all, this is not assets. This is electronics. He's got hotels. He's got things and businesses and operations whether you agree with it or not, and some of it, I don't agree with what he, he holds as far as his businesses. But the point I'm bringing up is he's a man at the right moment, at the right time, chosen by God to lead this situation when an economy is very likely to radically change. Who would you want at him? We're not speaking about, oh, he's anointed one. We're speaking about he's anointed to be the president at this moment. We've spoken about this. We've not been shy about it. But it's happened in all the other countries. All the candidates running right now are anti-established presidents. It's impossible for this pattern to be replaying all over the world, everywhere right now. There's something to this. It means something. And to this day, nobody can explain why Trump's there. How did he get there? It's inexplainable. There's only one. It's a divine mandate. God appointed this. And it's happening country after country because all countries are in trouble. And so we've got a clip we want to play of an interview that Glenn Beck did. We played one about two or three weeks back. I don't remember the name of that program when we played that, but uh, it's Chris Martinson. He's of peakprosterity.com. And he has some very interesting things to say. And I would dare say to you, you may not be an imbecile now, but at this moment, you might not think that. But after you listen to this following clip, and you don't get your money out of the bank, you're an imbecile. And if you don't think that's the case, after listening to this, that you're not an imbecile, when you lose all your money, you will call yourself and admit, I was an imbecile. So listen carefully what this program says. We don't believe in the banks. We know that the banks take your money. Actually, what the banks are doing, you're giving them a loan. They loan out your money. And you're the one that's the bank for them. This is how it works. And so this will cover this, make you see, see this point with clarity. I've been looking for a guy that sees the world in the way that I do, that doesn't buy into the, quite honestly, Harvard Business School or the Wharton School of Business lies that the the bankers are telling themselves right now uh, about what's coming in the economy and and how do we get out of this mess? Um, he's from peakprosperity.com. We're pl- proud to have him as a, a Glenn Beck contributor now. Last time we talked about the collapse of pensions and getting out of your pension and taking that lump sum if you have that uh, ability. Um, today I want to talk to him a little bit about digitizing uh, currency because... 
This is not being heard in the media anywhere. They're not talking about it. And, you know, two weeks ago when India, all of a sudden, you can't buy anything with cash over the equivalent of $7 in India um, with cash. When Australia's Citibank, our Citibank, says they're now going to be introducing branches completely cashless. Something is coming our way. And we wanted to get uh, Chris on the phone with us now. Hey, Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very well, Glenn. Good to be back with you and all your listeners. Thank you. Um, so, Chris, tell me, um, first of all, for anybody who hasn't heard this, it sounds conspiratorial and sounds crazy that we're going to live in a cashless society. Can you give us any evidence that is that shows, n- no, th- the world is changing rapidly? Well, the, you know, this war on cash actually began a while ago with... Uh, seeing somebody like Andrew Haldane, who is uh, an official at the Bank of England, or Larry Summers here in the United States, uh, they started with this war talking about uh, how the high denomination bills are being used by criminals, by terrorists, right. tax cheats. That's what it was wrapped in. But your listeners need to understand that the war on cash is really rooted in the idea that central banks would love to be able to push you into negative interest rate territory. They feel constrained by the idea that you could take your cash out of a bank and no longer be subject to their policies. And they've been pretty open about it. They've been saying that, but they also use this criminal angle. So that's the same angle that was just used in India by uh, Prime Minister Modi to say, hey, we've got to get rid of these bills because criminals, right? So that's the argument being used, but it's really to control the money of the people. That's really what it's hard, hard here. May I say, Chris, that it, it appears to me to be almost the angle of being able to steal our money uh, as well. Um, they'll do it legally um, by a, a bail-in as opposed to a bail-out and negative interest rates. Um, when and, and can you explain negative interest rates and what that means to the average person that has any money in the bank at all? Absolutely. I'd be glad to. It should be an easy concept, but it's hard to really understand. But a negative interest rate means if I put $1,000 in the bank and there was a negative interest rate of 10%, in a year, I would have $900 left uh, when, we, when we looked at it. So what happens with a negative interest rate is that you hand your money over to some institution or entity and you get less of it back in the future. That's the idea, and the reason they want to have a negative interest rate is is if they put interest rates down at zero, the idea is they want everybody spending, borrowing and spending, but some people prefer to save, and those people aren't doing their job of cranking the economy up. So how do you force people to spend who don't want to spend? Well, you punish them, and the way you punish them is with something called a negative interest rate. So you you could because this is what I would do, I find out that the banks have changed their rules where they can have a bail-in, where we are now the um, the investor of uh, last in line. You, can you explain that? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Um, if the banks go out, um, instead of going to the federal government, they come to the people who put money in the deposits? Well, sure. It's easy to understand if you under, think of a bank not as a, uh, a bank, but it's, it's a company. 
And when a company goes into receivership, it's entered bankruptcy, it, it no longer, it, its assets are vastly exceeded by its liabilities. Well, you have to break that company up for whatever's left. And there's a chain of a hierarchy of people who are in line to divvy up the spoils of what's left of this broken company. So what you're referring to is that most people that have this wrong, they think that when they put money in the bank, they have money in a bank account. It's not true. What you've done is you've given an unsecured loan to the bank, and the, your asset is the bank's liability. So in a bankruptcy or if a bank goes into what's called technically a receivership, you're actually at the bottom, almost at the very bottom of the list of people who are in line to receive the spoils of whatever is left of that company because you are an unsecured uh, creditor of the bank. So it is a way for the bank to gamble really with your money um, and make these crazy investments that we all know are dangerous. Um, and they get away with it because they say, well, the government is going to pay, the FDIC will pay everybody back, so they'll get their money through the government, and then we can take that money and pay off any of our debts or, or whatever. So when I heard about that, my first instinct is, well, I don't want my money in those risky banks, so I'm going to take my money out. Well, if you do that, then the economy really collapses, so you have to trap the money in the bank. And how do you do that? Especially if they want to have negative interest rates and make sure that you're spending all of your cash. Well, absolutely. For, for a government official or a policy official, the, the thing they dream about most is to have you completely trapped and contained so they can do whatever policies make sense to them at the time. So cash gives you as a private citizen, an outlet, a way of not being in the banking system. But Glenn, you've characterized it just right. So they're saying, first of all, you have to be in the banking system. We're going to move to a cashless society, so you have to have all of your funds within this system. And then we're going to set the rules of the system, which basically come down to heads we win, tails you lose. Banks take big risks. The risks pay off. They pay themselves massive bonuses. Risks don't work out. They don't get paid off. Then they come after your funds. And we've seen this happen already. That's what happened in Cyprus. That's what happened in some of the Greek yeah. banks. We're soon to see it in the Italian banks. It's spreading. It's a concept. It's coming here. All right. It's already happening in Australia. It's already happening in India. It is already happening in uh, Sweden. They're talking about doing it now, seriously moving in that direction. Um, is this just a, a, a fluke that these things are happening or... Is this wheel now in, in motion, rolling down a hill, and it's not going to stop? Well, really, this started uh, actually probably 15 or 20 years ago. So what's happened is that instead of allowing normal business cycles to happen under the Greenspan Fed, remember that name from way yeah. back, decided, hey, we're going to defeat the business cycle. But what they really did was they blew bubbles, one bubble, then another, then another. And the whole world kind of got addicted to it. And I think the policy makers, they feel trapped, Glenn. They're looking at this thing. How do we possibly deal with all this money we've printed? What do we do? It's binary. It either expands or it collapses at this point. That's, I think, their fear. And 2008 really scared them, got a lot of people in very high places very worried that they were looking at the proverbial light in the tunnel coming at them. So I think this is a, a reaction. I would also almost call it a normal reaction. 
But people need to be aware that at the same time these people, I think, were legitimately concerned, wouldn't you know it, by the time all the rules got written, they really were written in favor of the elites, uh, the very powerful, the well-connected, and really at the disadvantage of everybody else. And that's just classic sausage making in Washington, I think. So, uh, Chris, we're, we're speaking with Chris Mortensen from uh, peakprosperity.com. Chris, this is Pat Gray. I, I'm just wondering, it, it's, you said it's taken 15 to 20 years to get to this point. Does that mean we still have some time, or what, what would you or consider the timeline? May I suggest that it, 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 we are 1-2008 away from this yeah, is happening. it something that can just start cascading now be due to some, we, we talk about it all the time, some sort of event, terrorism or whatever, or will this draw out for a while longer? Well, Pat, it's really hard to, to um, make that prediction because what we're talking about here is a complex system. And uh, here's what we know about complex systems. You can't predict what's going to happen or when. It's like a, a fault line is a complex system. Scientists study them like crazy because we'd love to know when's the next earthquake, how big mm-hmm. is it going to be. We can't know that, but what we can know is if the earthquake hasn't let go in a while, and it's supposed to, that the chance of the next earthquake happening sooner is higher, and it being larger is also higher. So what's so, happened since 2008 is we've just piled up the risks. We've just made them larger by peering yeah, over. But what, because of what you're saying, what the government counts on then is that, yeah, we can draw this out a lot longer. And that's what they're hoping for, right? They're, they're just hoping to continue the policies that yeah. they've had, but, which but, led us here. Right. But they're going to just keep going until we are already blamed. We are already 18 months past a point where a natural recession should have happened. Yeah. So now we never really got out of the problem that we had in 2008. We made it much worse. And going into a natural recession is going to cause all, wreak all kinds of havoc mm-hmm. and will if they they will try to solve it with things that will just make this bubble even more dangerous down the road. Chris, what do we do? What does the average person do? Like, for instance, when I saw Australia um, and India both go within two weeks to basically a cashless society in in, uh, India, um, my first thought was, okay, I want to get gold, and I also want to get... crazy things like possibly bitcoin what what do you what do you recommend what does the average person do well the average person i think needs to get into two things you've just uh, identified which are assets that are outside of this crazy system so listen you know if you're if you're on a a a ship called the titanic and and you see your captain playing slalom with icebergs um get near the lifeboats and in this story real assets are the lifeboats. So I'm counseling people, you know, get out of debt, stay out of debt. If it's non-productive debt, don't, don't do it. Have what's gold, non-productive? Wait, 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 what's, what's non-productive debt mean? Like your house? Yeah. Like, like, you know, buying a $40,000 car, if you can still get to work in a $20,000 car and be happy okay. as, as, as you can be. But uh, anything that, that you're going to take on, it's basically for consumption, right? So okay. rack up the credit card and, and take that nice trip. That's not going to be helpful here. Um, for many people, unfortunately, Glenn, it includes student loans. If you're getting a, a degree that doesn't really have a job attached to it, that may also be nonproductive. So okay. lots of things to think about because what we learned in the 1930s was that when, not if, but when these bubbles blow up, debt is a stone-cold killer. 
So being out from under that, very helpful if people can get there. And and what do you do? Like assets, that's gold, that's silver. Is that land? Is that what? It is. It's land. I, I particularly love productive land. It's either got timber on it, it's farmland, it's good commercial properties that happen to have uh, you know excellent rental histories. Things like that can make a lot of sense. And this is because... What's going to happen when these currencies finally give way is there's going to be a big scramble for the exits. There's trillions and trillions of of dollars floating around that are going to go out and look for real things. And we've been down this path before. History, we've seen it a bunch of times, and it's happening. I heard you mention it before. It's happening right now in Venezuela. Where do you get your food from? Do you get it from the grocery store? Of course you do. Where do they get it from? From the manufacturers. Where do you go out to eat? Where's the food come? From the restaurants? Where's your source of food coming from? In the end, when all those things are disappearing because of the economy, it's land. Where do you live? Yeah, you live in a house. But what's the house on? It's land. Everything is the land. That's why Israel wanted to go back and draw all the Jews back from around the world to their homeland. The bottom line always is the land. You can grow your food on it. You can live on it. You can have memories from it. You can be at peace on it. It's always coming down to the common denominator. Everything else is something built on top, something that's a facade. It's not real. You can grow your tomatoes. You eat them. You didn't pay any sales tax. You didn't pay any income tax on that. You can bypass the taxes. And food's a major cost of living. Just think what you say by growing your own stuff. It's not just not going to buy it. Taxing, income, you can have a lower income. And live well. So land will be the thing that's important in the future. We have right now, India went just to a cashless system just practically overnight. You need to think about, why would you be having your money or keeping your money in the bank? It doesn't make any sense. There's only one place to bypass a cashless system, and that's metal. That's gold or silver. Do you want gold? That's what everybody pushes. But on a daily basis, you want to go pay for bread or pound of hamburger meat with gold? They didn't do it in the past. The means of exchange for the people and for general civilizations is silver. That's why silver is so important. You can't go take a little piece of gold and buy something small. Yes, you can have some gold. You can put that, but that's for big, huge purchases. You don't make those things every day. You don't go buy 50 acres every day. So the primary thing is silver. That's why we designed the miraculous message to go around because we saw this coming to sanctify your money. And you don't want to keep it in the bank unless you're an imbecile. You need to go back and listen to this interview three, four times. I've heard it four times already, and I've gotten something out of it more every time. I already know all these things. But it gives a spirit of being ready by listening to it. We already know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, our national security uh, the United States did a, did a report 
that two-thirds of the countries are going to collapse. They don't know when it's going to happen, but they know it's coming, just like we talked about on this clip. They know earthquake, then they know it's going to happen. They can tell by the tremors it's happening. They just can't predict it. That's, that's exactly what the National Security Council said, a report, that they know it's coming, they just can't predict it when, but it's coming. Can you imagine, out of three countries, two of those will collapse. They're, insta- insta- they're not stable right now at this point. So we have all the signs we need. And why are you driving a $50,000 car or $40,000 car when you could sell that car or get rid of it, not be in debt, and drive a $20,000 car? It's going to get you the same place. Take the other $20,000, put it in silver. It's just a no-brainer. And yet we're not doing that. There was an article a few days ago in the paper we pulled up, which is looking for economic news. Kingdom come down. Falling oil prices shock Saudi middle class. You think they have all the money in the world? They did. But one paragraph in there, one small paragraph sentence says, basically, Saudis are beginning to speak out about a sense of anxiety about the economy. I think we're going through a difficult period, said Imad al-Majad, a based pharmacy technician. And he says, there will be suffering. I would say so in a desert where you have to spend extraordinary money just to have water. But this is everywhere. This is there. All the signs of the times are there. And we have now every indication of what they're showing us, every place she's going with us. To make us understand. They were talking about 15 years ago on this clip. 15 years ago was 2001. What happened January 2001? Our lady said, Now when Satan is unchained, our Antichrist system is here. How come you won't see that and make changes in what you do? If he's unchained, you need to secure yourself. Yes, prayer, fasting, all these things are important. But those always relate to physically what you do. You go to church physically because, not just because you feel like it, because the spiritual need to do that. There's spirit, there's economic needs that you need to make and be ready. In the end, nothing's safe because in the end, there will be an antichrist. In the end, there will be people that will have to come up and say, hey, we, we've got everybody controlled on commerce, buying and selling, except the people who have silver and gold. So what are we going to do then? Then they mark you. And even with silver and gold, you won't be able to buy something. That's going to be in the Antichrist time when it fulfills. And that's in the future. I don't believe for a moment it's now. But we are the playbook, as I said in the beginning of this. We are in the moment that we have the Virgin Mary with us for the purpose of showing us that the banks are gambling with us. Every nation comes up with some stupid thing and I say stupid because it's very smart what they do, clever, to trick the people. Well, we got criminals out there in India. If we go cashless or wherever else, that's going to stop criminals. That's not why they're doing it. Satan always has to present something in a good light to get what he wants in the darkness. So you need to be thoughtful. You need to be clear-headed thinking about these things. So how is all this supposed to relate to us? That we're in an antichrist system. It's going to be torn down. But just like the Saudi has said, there will be suffering. There's going to be a lot of suffering. 
And if you don't make the right decisions now for the future, you're going to increase your suffering. You don't want to call yourself an imbecile. You don't want to be there. May 2nd, 2016, our lady said, My son is always with you. He comes to you. That's a sign right there. Those words are a sign. Because our lady is here to break the system down. To show those in the future how to sustain themselves through the system. She says later in the same message, Observe well the signs of the times. Be apostles of the revelation. That's an amazing statement. And our read is just about that. About revelations? Yes. How is it? My son will always be with you. He comes to you. Already we have the result of what Mariana said. That secret she revealed when I had an interview and talked, sat down with and talked during the conversation it wasn't really an interview. We were talking. And we wrote the booklet, Mariana Mr. Revealed, about massive conversions, even of Muslims. And we're getting these little teases from Our Lady where it's already beginning. The title of this read today is Iranians Converting to Christianity Amid Claims Jesus is Appearing to Them in Dreams. An Iranian Christian pastor is claiming there's a stunning revival underway in his country where he says the number of Christian adherents has increased from 100,000 in 1994, to 3 million today. Pastor Rahman Salasafari said, Right now, you can see the results of the Holy Spirit, of the situation today in Iran. You can see what the Holy Spirit is doing with people. Among the theories surrounding what's driving this apparent growth is the claim that Jesus has been appearing to Muslims in dreams and visions, helping lead them to the Christian faith. A man named Risa said, I had a dream. I had a dream long time back that Jesus was with me, and in all of my life, he was helping me, and I didn't know who was this person. Suddenly, Jesus Christ was over there, and he said, Come to me. And I came to his side, and he accepted me. This is hardly the first time a Muslim has claimed to encounter Jesus in a dream, with some dramatic conversion stories emerging in recent months and years. Consider a Christian missions group's claim last year that a Muslim man was planning to kill Christians before encountering Jesus in a dream. He subsequently changed his mind and converted to Christianity. And also reported, an Iraqi man named Barazan Azizi said last year that he too had a similar experience. He said, I was a devout Muslim and often preached, but there was something missing. There was something empty about Allah and the Quran. Jesus appeared to me in a dream and opened my eyes. What was missing was his love and his peace. As the country of Iran, the apparent growth of 
Christianity comes despite the fact that many Iranian Christians have been forced to flee the country due to persecution and threats against their lives. Afshin is the name of a man who once attended a church led by Pastor Saeed Abedini, the American citizen who was detained in Iranian prison for years before being released last year. Afshin said, As a result, I came out of Iran because day by day the situation has become more difficult. He also said that he eventually felt compelled to leave Iran due to the impending dangers related to his faith. Now, he's among those who have fled to Turkey, where Iranian Christians can worship more freely as they seek refugee status with the UN, saying his life today is entirely different. He said, I can freely praise the Lord. I can easily go to church. It's really completely different. So we have everything May 2nd, 2016 says. Observe well the signs of the times. What I didn't read earlier with this message was the complete sentence. Observe well the signs of the times. To gather the shattered crosses. Who is tearing down churches and shattering the crosses? Blowing them up off the top of the churches. The Muslims are. So observe well the signs of the times together the shattered crosses, and to be apostles of the revelations, the economic situation, the political situation, the presidency. All these things add up to what's happening and then the conversions of Muslims and dreams. And we've heard this for the last two or three years. And it's growing. As our prayer grows, as we be the apostles of revelations, we see these things increasing. We see a turmoil coming. We know there's a clash coming. And we need to be making decisions now to affect our future. It's Our Lady who has repeatedly said, be ready, do not waste time. So following on with what a friend of Medjugorje said earlier in the broadcast, the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Round has been designed to help you to preserve and save what it is that you've earned in the interim period of time that it takes for you to get to a simpler way of life and to get the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje Silver Round. Contact Caritas. We'll get you the contact information and everything, all the information that you need for that. Also, too, it's important to understand that you cannot look today at silver according to what its price is. That's an important aspect of it. Uh, if you follow the advice of any stockbroker, he will tell you, you buy low, you sell high. You buy low, you sell high. And silver has a history of being very high in value, even though today it's very low. So it doesn't make much sense that today you would not do this while it's low, because what happens is, is people will start doing this, and then the price will go up to $25 an ounce. $30 an ounce, $35 an ounce, etc., then everyone's going to want to buy it. And so why would you do that then? Why would you not want to be in the selling position? But again, the purpose of it is not for your wealth to make money off of it. The purpose of it is to protect what you have. So, but those are just a few practical things that if you asked any financial advisor out there would tell you from a basic standpoint, that's how you would operate that. 
again, we're coming from a spiritual perspective of this is to preserve what you have. So it makes sense to exchange your, your wealth that you have right now while the dollar price of it is very low. So contact Caritas. We'll get you the information. The phone number for Caritas is 205-672-2000. Again, calling in the United States, it's 205-672-2000. It will get you all the information that you need to exchange for the Miraculous Metal Medjugorje round. Also, too, coming up in just one week, next Thursday, begins December 8th through the 12th. This is the 24th year of these five days of prayer for the reconciling of ourselves, our families, and our nation back to God. Do not think that what happened in this past historic election was not the result of these 24 years of prayer. And so this is something that we still need to come together. Now is the point in time when all of the work begins, and there's information on Medj.com as well about December 8th through the 12th. Will you be an imbecile? You have to realize there's a war on cash. When you put your money in the bank, you're giving the bank a loan. They secure the loan to the house. That person loses it. The bank gets it. But you're not covered. See, theirs is secured. But your loan is not secured. If the bank goes under, you've lost your money. Just reason it out. It's crystal clear now that there doesn't have to be any speculation about this. It is what it is. It's revelations. It forced all people, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a stamped image on their right hand or their foreheads so that no one could buy or sell except the one who had the stamped image of the beast's name. My son is always with you. He comes to you. Observe well the signs of the times and to gather the shattered crosses and to be my apostles of revelations. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomic show with a friend of Medjugorje. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.